Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Thank you guys for tuning in to listen to us, man. We love doing this show for you each and every week and uh, letting you know what the fish are doing out there. And like we like to say on our intro, uh, man, we're going to talk about it, whether it's good, whether it's bad or whether it's ugly. Hopefully I'm hoping today that uh, it's all going to be good. I know we've had some crazy weather changes. We're going from 80 to back to cold again, now warm again. And they talking about snow this weekend. So Hey, y'all keep your fingers crossed. We may actually Saturday get the first snow I've ever had on my birthday. So birthday coming up Saturday, hopefully might get a little snow on that day, but we'll see. But hey, let's get to the podcast and talk about some fishing with our, on our segment one, we are going to have my buddy Cody Harrison from Tennessee River on with us. Cody, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Just out here fishing. Just out here fishing, doing what you do. Yep. Good deal, man. Well, hey, sometimes, like we said a second ago, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's ugly, sometimes it's middle of the road. What's it been for you this week? Man, it's been pretty good. Had a trip on Gunnersville the day before yesterday. We caught them pretty decent. Uh, you know, we had a giant bite. Had a bunch of two and a half to three and a half pound fish and a think three or four over four. It was a little bit slower than it has been. They, you know, it was brutal cold when we put on the water. Right. And, uh. I will say, though, finally had a little bit of slack in the wind. It has been windy the least last day. Saturday was real bad. But, you know, fishing's been pretty good as long as you can get out there and not have to deal with all the waves and stuff like that. You know, it ain't, it ain't been too bad, man. Saturday water was high on Pickwick. Fish Pickwick Saturday. You know, it's, it's just pretty dang good, you know, for numbers anyway. Yeah. Uh, fish a little tournament. I had 19-something. Ended up winning it. Just a little bitty tournament, though, you know, just just to have fun on the water or whatever. And then uh, had a what, another trip on uh, Sunday and uh, fished up here around the tail race a little bit. Caught, caught one decent smallmouth and had to end up going down the river 
far as catching fish go. Didn't they have a big tournament on Smith this weekend? Uh, I don't know if they've had it yet. They had the MLS tournament. Bass Pro Tour was out there. I know they had that. Dustin Connell won it. And then they're supposed, I think they had the ABT out there this weekend. Maybe. I couldn't remember. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I saw. I, I was looking through Facebook uh, earlier today, and I saw a post on Smith Lake with a guy who won big tournament up there. I didn't know if that was last weekend, the weekend before, or, or what. But, yeah. Do you fish Smith much, or are you just mainly on Tennessee? Well, I'm mainly you... a guy you know, all over the Tennessee River, but I, occasionally I do one out there on, on Smith. I love Smith, though. It's probably my favorite lake, honestly. Really? Um, it's just different. You know, it, it gives me a break from the Tennessee River. I, just, I love going out there and fishing, you know, that deep water and live scoping fish and stuff like that. I, yeah, really it's like a it's a that. totally different lake. Look, I mean Tennessee River, that whole chain in Gunnersville and everywhere else up through there is known in the whole country as being one of the top bass fisheries uh that there is. But uh but Smith Lake, man, I mean it's just so like you said, it's so different with that clear water and that deep water. You know, and I'm sure you have to fish it different, but it can be it can be fun and exciting. Oh, absolutely. And you catch numbers out there too. Don't get me wrong, Gunnersville is gonna beat it pretty much day in day out as far as weight wise but i mean i like catching spots man you can catch you know 30 40 spots or more on a given day you can do pretty much whatever you want on that lake too there's a lot of different patterns that happen on that lake man you can fish shallow on that lake it doesn't seem like a very good shallow lake but it is i mean uh, certain times of year you can you can definitely do well shallow yeah yeah well, I've heard that man we've had and and you know me just thinking about it and being up there on the lake you know i I look at it and I'm just like, well, this, this isn't going to be a very good shallow fishing lake just cause the water's so dang clear. But, but man, those guys certain, like you said, certain times of the year from, you know, four, six, eight foot of water. I mean, they, they catch a lot of fish. Yeah, they really do, man. What I want to do out there, I want to get out there when the, on one of them top water days, you know, we've got some other guys that call in and they'll, they'll be fishing. They'll find a group of fish 30, 40 feet deep and they'll be fishing top water. And the fish are coming up from that deep, busting top water. Now that that'd be different. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the best lakes to call them up on top. You can catch some really big spots doing that too. You can catch big largemouth out there now. As far as you know, some of those largemouth will get out there with some of those schools on those on the herring. It ain't always just solely spots. spots. Now. Yeah. They're change up a little bit. It's not. There's not a bunch of them out there with them, but you know, still caught some. Occasionally, they're big ones too. You know. What do you think it is about Gunners for? I mean, you know, we are extremely blessed in the state of Alabama, right? I mean, we got, we got Smith we're talking about. We got Pickwick. We got Gunnersville. We got the Coosa chain. You follow uh, lots of incredible, you know, bass fisheries. But Gunnersville is kind of known as that big fish place. And you follow, I mean, a lot of big fish there too. But what is it about Gunnersville that makes it different? And and maybe and a little I, better for big fish. And I honestly think the habitat habitat there just sets up for it, sets up right for it. You know, there's a lot of places for those fish to get, and there's a ton of grass, some more hill grass than I think I've ever seen out there. But you know, it's, I think it's just set up right, man. It's just and, and you know, day in day out, it's got more pressure than just about any of these other lakes that can still produce biggies, man. It's just a great lake. Yeah, that's what's crazy, and 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 I was, I was, that was my next question to you is, you know, I know last year, 
obviously, you know, the last two years, really pandemic going on, nobody's working, everybody's fishing. Right. And, uh, and the, and the pressure up there was just listening to you guys. The pressure up there was just off the chart. Um, yeah. Are you still seeing it the same way or has it kind of maybe slowed back a little bit or is it still just people everywhere? I don't know, man. It, it, I'm sure it's the same as it always is. It, last couple of times I've been out there though, I'll say this, it hasn't been crowded. I mean, I, like, it was, what day is today? Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesday, uh, whatever day it was, I had that trip out there. The last one I did pretty much had free reign of the whole lake. Now, you know, it was pretty cold, but, and it seems like every time I've been on Guntersville this year, it's been cold. I haven't been on it when it's been warm. I've been on Pickwick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it seems like seems like it's got a little bit less pressure during the week, but I think there's an Angler's Choice tournament. I know they have it coming down here every year. There was a few of those guys already practicing for that, so, and that's a big tournament, man. So if that's this weekend, I, I'd probably steer clear from that lake because it's usually got like 200-some boats in there yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it it wasn't bad. Not compared to Pickwick. Pickwick's been pretty slammed the last few times I've been out. I don't know, man. It, it doesn't, you know, it's still early in the year, I guess. You know, still had a lot of cold press and stuff. It ain't really warmed up yet enough to really get a good estimate on how busy it's been or going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So right now, you know, on Gunnersville, how are you catching the fish? How are you, are, I mean, I'm sure they probably moved up to at least may not be in the shallows they're going to get, but are you catching them shallow, eelgrass? Kind of what are you what are you using? Kind of what kind of tactic we're looking at? You can pretty much do whatever you want to do as far as springtime fishing goes. You can throw a trap if you want to. You can throw chatterbait if you want to. Majority of the fish, I believe, have gone up pretty shallow. But you know that being said, the water's been where it needs to be for them to get up there. So. TVA decides to keep it that way, then it'll probably stay shallow for a little while. But, you know, you can catch them dang near out of the dirt right now. Chatterbaits has pretty much been my go-to. I, the thing about a chatterbait is, man, there's a lot of people that can throw it. It ain't the hardest thing in the world to just cast out there and fish. Same thing goes for a trap. That's usually what we try to do. You can do a lot right now, though, man. It doesn't have to be just that. You can you can get out of water fairly clear. You can probably swim bait, some bridges and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if really done i'm not a big bridge fisherman but i know guys that do it we do it successfully especially in gunnersville yeah um, but uh most of my stuff has been for feet or less when you're th- and, when you're uh, fishing a, a chatterbait yeah i mean like you said you know it's one of those baits you can kind of just reel out and reel back right is there any specific thing you're trying to to accomplish with that chatterbait as far as i mean is it a is it a speed thing is it a keeping it right at the top and touching the top of the, the grass start and stop yeah, i mean or do you just throw it and reel it well you can just throw it and reel it but here's a, you know to get real specific with it you can you can start dialing it in a little bit better a little bit more just casting it out and reeling it the cadence has a lot to do with it and you know retrieve speed and taking it off the grass just it a lot of that from day to day is what moved the fish are in and stuff like that man it's uh it's not always the same but here lately it seems like they just they, they kind of want it creeping um uh if you've ever heard of worm in a trap or anything like that well those guys a lot of guys do that when they're uh when they're fishing deep shell bars and stuff like that especially on in florida and stuff but you kind of worm it you can worm that little jig man that that bladed jig that chatterbait or whatever it's, it's pretty much the same thing you can worm it through that 
that grass, especially eelgrass, it comes through eelgrass great. But, you know, same thing goes, if you're not just fishing Gunnersville where there's eelgrass, like Pickwick doesn't have just a ton of eelgrass in it right now, pretty much just fishing, you know, hard bottom and stuff like that. There's not a ton of grass out there, but uh, you're just creeping along the bottom, man. It's, it's almost like fishing a crankbait or something like that, man. And you you know, you'll want to hit structure or hit something with it, you know, hit something with the head and kind of deflect it off there. It's not always just straight to retrieve. It, it it can look like it, but it's not. But it's you know, not. I've, I've had a lot. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of guys in here that look like you know. They think I'm just. They don't really pick up on the little subtle differences that you do, and that's just you know that that comes with out how you know, doing it more often and stuff like that, and not always you know, a science or anything like that. Sometimes they do want it fast. I, I've definitely seen them want it more towards the top. You know, not not like waking a spinnerbait, but you know, like getting it up there towards the top of the grass, and not necessarily getting down in it. Right, but uh, uh, it's a fun bait, man. It's got a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things you can do with it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun bait. It's a flexible bait. Obviously, you know, you can like you said, it, it's a lot you can do with it, and produces that's for sure. I mean, it's been a hot hot bait the last several years. What about color? It, right now, this time of year, any particular color seem to be working better? Ah, man, I've experimented with a bunch of different colors. I mean, like Saturday, I had five different colors on the thing on the deck of my boat and uh, i believe i caught a fish on every one of them <laughs> um watercolor has a lot to do with it. it it has a ton to do with it and then you know if it's sunny or cloudy it can change up what you want to have on i mean i don't try to get this super technical with it if it's dirty water and they're not on crawfish and they're eating shad and they're on current breaks or something like that i'm just going to go white or white and chartreuse and then you know if it's uh you know earlier in the year especially in February when that water temperature was a little cooler, low 50s, high 40s. That, that red chatterbait really worked out, worked real well. Still catching a few on it. Not totally put it away yet. Caught several on black and blue. Uh, I like I like that green pumpkin and you know green pumpkin. Like I'm not a sponsored by any of them or anything like that. But if you're using an evergreen the jackhammer, it's got they've got to be height the light, height hot crawl. Those are green pumpkin. One's got green pumpkin chartreuse. One's got green pumpkin red in it. Both of those you know seem to work well on the clearer days and clearer water but i haven't really just really put a science to it yet or you know made a science out of it yet i don't really know sometimes they just want something that they can see or kind of have a silhouette to that's why i think that black and blue works well i mean it can work well in clear water too right well and, and just for for our listeners you know i was just sitting here thinking about it while we're talking about this I, my gosh we've been doing this for several years now and hundreds of shows and uh, i don't think we've ever like given just a general rule of thumb with you know color and sunlight whether it's a cloudy day or whether it's overcast day and you know stained water versus clear water if you will kind of break down just the general rule of thumb you want to use white on a what color day uh well if it's if it's cloudy and overcast, you can get by with shad colors and stuff like that for sure. I mean, it doesn't necessarily, the, the cloudy and overcast versus sunny and clear skies like it is today, not a not just a ton of difference between the two as far as uh, the color, in my opinion, goes. The water, or the water color has a lot to do with it. And then also the stage the fish are in. If the, if the fish are on, uh, you know, early in the year where they're not really active and they're not chasing bait, the uh, crawfish colors seem to work better. If we're talking chat. No, mm-hmm. um, colors seem to work better, and then a little bit more like natural colors and stuff like that when the water's clear. 
you know, it can be a green pumpkin to imitate a brim or something like that, or if the water's dirty and they're on shad or something like that, white chartreuse gets by real well. Blade colors can make a difference too. I've seen blade colors where if you're, the water's real clear, you don't want a big, bright, shiny blade. You know, you want something dull, like a, just a jet black blade, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's not all guaranteed to, to, to be dead on for you, but just, a just usually, you know, if it's cloudy, windy, stuff like that, they're going to be, you know, and the water temperature's up, they're going to be on a moving bait and, you can get by with a little bit brighter color, like a white, maybe a little bit of white chartreuse, not necessarily a ton for water's clear, but then water, water clarity has a lot to do with it. And, uh, you know, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's good kind stuff, of, man. Kind of that's, that's good stuff. It's like, you know, like I said, it goes back to like fishing a crankbait. You know, if you don't, you don't want to throw a crankbait and a big bright white or a big bright yellow and black back crankbait when the water's clear it's kind of the same deal um you don't want a big bright white chartreuse chatterbait when the water's clear you know you you tone down those colors a little bit there's a ton of different choices too man there's almost too many to choose from now yeah right i know there's tons of them ain't no doubt about it well that's good stuff man if somebody was going to come up there and, and and fish the tennessee chain this weekend next couple of days i know we've got some more weather fronts coming coming through what would your tip of the day be? Well, if you're going shallow, my tip of the day would be, or, you know, going Saturday. I mean, if you're going Saturday, I'd say slow down because uh, that cold front's going to knock them in the head pretty good, man. It looks like it's going to be brutal cold Saturday morning. I'd probably try to fish the thickest cover and slow down as much as much as possible. And, you know, if that's not working, switch things up and try to get a reaction bite out of it. But they're going to be buried up in something, you know, grass mainly, um, stuff like that. You know, they're they're going to get knocked in the head this weekend as far as Saturday goes. I, I think it's supposed to warm up on Sunday, but I don't know how much yet. Yeah. My, my tip of the day for Saturday morning would be stay at the damn house. Yeah. I <laughs> it's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but you guys, man, y'all, y'all, y'all don't, uh, sometimes y'all don't have the luxury that I do staying here. Uh, y'all, y'all have trips booked and, and tournaments to fish. You got to go. Yeah, I'm actually on Ross Burnett. We've got a tournament here Saturday. It's going to be brutal, man. Ooh, hey, man, you over in my old stomping ground, man. You in uh, Ross Burnett's where I, I live. I lived there for eight years in Madison, just out, just, you know, a few miles from there. Yeah, this is my first time here, man. I've seen more gators than I've caught fish. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, it's got some gators in it. I ain't no doubt about it. And it's yeah. getting, it seems like there's more and more every year, which yeah. I know they, got a season for them now but do they really i didn't know that i think so i think they have a i think they have like a select deal on there yeah uh, like a draw type thing they need to have because there's gators all over that lake now they're everywhere (laughs) you seen any big ones i haven't seen anything real big i've seen like seven footers so i ain't seen a giant yet i know they there especially you go up in that river a little bit where are you trying on ross right now well, I'm up in, at the very north part, northern part of the lake right now. Um, I went up river just a little bit. The wind's supposed to be real bad Saturday, and so I don't think this lake can be too fishable. You might be able to fish the, the very top part of it, nor- northernmost part of it, but uh, I don't know if you'll be able to get down far south on it. Yeah, that southern end is going to be long. tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be yeah. a lot of, yeah, it's going to be really rough on that end of it with that wind coming out of the north for sure. But hey, there's it's a, it's a good fishery. I mean, it's it's not uh 
you know, I don't think you can compare it to some of our lakes that we have around here. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, but, I've had a decent day, you know, it, it hasn't been terrible. I actually had fun just, you know, flipping and pitching some of this grass and stuff, actually throwing braid again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of grass, a lot of, uh, probably not this time of year, but you know, here just before long, a lot of lily pads and things like that. But you know, it's really crazy, I, you know, being from Mississippi and Alabama, both, I guess. I mean, it's really strange when you look at Alabama, it's just water everywhere all over the map. I mean, we got lakes everywhere and river systems everywhere. When you look at Mississippi, you got the Mississippi River. But other than that, you've got, there's not much water. There's Ross Bournette, there's Grenada, and that chain, just a couple lakes right there. But there's not a lot of water. There's really not. It's, it's come up, you know, come over to Miss, go to Louisiana. There's a ton of water. Come to Alabama, there's a ton. But Mississippi, just for whatever reason, doesn't have as much. Right. Well, good stuff, man. Hey, look, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, come get in a boat, learn how to fish, catch a bunch of fish while they're learning. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Cody? My preferred way is either call me with, at 901 490 0882 or send me an email. And, uh, and my email address is Cody dot basswhacker c o d y dot b a s s w h a c k e r at gmail dot com. I can also do. You can also find me at Facebook or Instagram. They're both Basswhacker Guide Service. But awesome, yep, that's man. pretty much it. Well, good deal. Well, Cody, hey, y'all reach out to Cody, book a trip with him. Cody, good luck, man, and don't freeze to death over in Mississippi this this Saturday morning because <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal, brother. I hope I don't get blown away, man. I uh, know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough day. I, I, I'm looking forward to talk to you and see how you did over there. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Take care. I'll holler at you soon. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right, guys. Let's take just a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Fishing Chaos invites all high school and college and social fishing teams to create a free team or club on the Fishing Chaos platform. Clubs can hold tournaments within the high school team or invite rival clubs and teams to compete in CPR, which is catch photo release events, as well as live weigh-in events, as Fishing Chaos supports most any tournament format. The addition of the new Fishing Chaos Club Management Platform allows teams and clubs to easily communicate with their members about upcoming events. It automates the tracking of Angler of the Year, or Team of the Year series standings and collects all angler results. If you're interested in setting up a free team or club or in hosting a tournament on the Fishing Chaos app, please contact fishingchaos.com or call Jesse Wilson at 256-508-1853. And brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King built in the pursuit of perfection and brought to you by voters list is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. 
Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment. Yeah, well, Cody's going to be uh, going to be cold over there Saturday morning, that's for sure. But hey, let's go from one end of the state slam down to the other end of the state to the Chattahoochee on West Point with my buddy Ken Bearden. Ken, what's going on, buddy? Oh, we just fighting these gas prices and trying to catch fish. That's about it, man. I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I called my wife this morning. I said, I just filled this truck up, and it took $97. And she said, well, I just filled my car up, or her, and uh, it was $78. So we got $180 in gas today. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. You want to get on that trolling motor and just fish sometimes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah man, it's, it's, it's bad when you're sitting there pumping gas and you're thinking, man, should I get one more gallon or do I need milk? Yeah. <laughs> Baby needs milk. <laughs> Baby needs milk. That's right. I told my son, you got to sleep. He's a, that boy rides all over the place in his car. I was like, man, you finna have to get a bicycle or something. Got to shut this down. <laughs> anyway, man, let's talk about fishing. What's going on in West Point? We've had some really good days in the last month. Um, catching a lot of, still catching a lot of hybrids, but they're they're slowly going away. They're they're starting to migrate up the river to do their spawning thing. Some of them are getting lost in the creeks. My buddy caught a 17-pound striper yesterday uh, way back up in the creek on the Carolina rig. So that was one of them lost souls. You know, they're, 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 born, they're raised in a hatchery, so they don't have that natural instinct of where to go back to from where mm-hmm. they were born. You know? But those so, – and, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask because I don't know. So this is interesting to me. So the, the hybrids, they stock them, but these fish migrate uh, – to spawn they migrate up the rivers and up the creeks yeah they're not supposed to go up the creeks but they were released in the creeks at boat ramps so they don't really know they know they're supposed to go upstream mm-hmm. and we have a lot of bends in the river and stuff and some of the creeks are in the bends and so they'll get messed up and go straight when they should have turned left and stayed in the river and end up in the creeks uh, They'll go all the way to the back up there, you know, and spawn, but they'll go through the process anyway. But uh, if they go up the river, we have, a, you know, from here to Beerford Dam, Lake Lanier, there's a couple little old dams that's just kind of like a wall, you know, that they can't get past. But there's enough from here way above Noonan up there that they, I, we believe they still still spawn and some of them still hatch out. but. That was my next question. Do some of them actually hatch out? Well, Fish and Game says they don't, but we catch so many little bitty small ones, you'd think some of them have to. Hmm. I wonder uh, why they wouldn't hatch out. Well, they're supposed to have 50 miles of current for them to tumble. They don't spawn like a bass does, you know, and fall around a hole or something. They get in the current, and they just, you know, the males pumping out sperm and she's pumping out eggs and they're just all rolling around in that stuff mm-hmm. and they just they just tumble in the current and that's how they get you know um, that's crazy isn't it yeah it's crazy <laughs> uh, dang 
We don't we don't like them here, but uh, the fish and game love them. I guess you'd have to get a lawyer or something to find the deal. But <laughs> Probably a real expensive stock, one. Yes, we've got them to stock largemouth for the past five years, and so the lake is up right now. At early, it's usually down about four feet, but it's only down about two feet, and um, I think that's because of the stocking program. They're trying to. Because they were late on letting it down, you know, the winter pool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I talked to one of the guys uh, on the city council, and, and he had been talking to him about trying to leave the water up as long as they could and, and bring it back up as quickly as they could so these bass would survive. They're going to build a $6 million convention center out on Pine Road Park, right on the river out there, and they want to have indoor weigh-ins and stuff. And so... You know, I told them, I said, well, I mean, if you, if you don't get some bass in the lake, ain't nobody going to come. I don't yeah. care what you build. No, you got to have bass. They're not going to come. So they, you know, the town's been on them, the fishing game about, you know, we want more bass, not concentrating on stripe and hybrids so much. We want to concentrate on the bass. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing some results from the stocking and the keeping the water up a little bit longer and raise it back up a little bit earlier but it's been good we've i took two guys out for uh they had some big tournament here and um I've hired, he's hired me in the past and I, they placed in their tournament so he came back and, and he hired me to take him out showing places and uh they came in second uh, i think it was with almost 13 pounds and 15 pounds won it um this was about three weeks ago uh, and then I've been taking veterans out, and um, we've been catching. We've been because we, we'll catch thirty or forty of those hybrids that are left over that hadn't quite made it, you know, up there. Some late ones, and then we'll go bass fishing, and and we've been catching, you know, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five bass too. So had some really good trips. Uh, my my big five, six, seven pounders hadn't showed up yet, um, but that's normally. The last week of April, I mean uh, March and the first week of April, when they jump up there to do their thing. Um, yeah. The water's 65 degrees right now, you know, and it's high, but I have fished and fished and fished going in the pockets and in the back of pockets. Um, just can't get a bite. I can pull back out, you know, on the main lake points and stuff, and, and I can catch fish. So they're... And you and they're kind of right on track. You're, you you know you crappy move in first, and then your bass move in behind those. And the crappy moved in in early February, and were suspended in the middle of the pockets. And, and but now the crappy are up on the bank spawning. So then your bass come in behind them and replace them. You know where they're going to be at. So right now the bass are if they're in the pocket, they're staged up on a point or a road bed or something. And about the time the crappies start finishing up, uh, that's when the bass start to move in to do their thing, which is normally that last week of March. That's when the big ones jump up there, and and you'll have about two weeks, two and a half weeks of fish coming and going, spawning largemouth and spotted bass coming and going. So right now, and that makes sense for sure, but, and you know, you guys are a little bit ahead of a lot of the rest of the lakes, obviously, in the state, the northern lakes. But right now it seems like you. The, so the fish are, are they're still like on the points and stuff. They're not. They're not. A, you're not catching them up tight and too shallow. You're still. You're still kind of targeting the points right now. Yeah, that's the way they were today. But 
today they were up sh- shallow on the points. Uh, three or four weeks ago, I could catch them out in 25 feet deep. And, now, and today they were all up six, seven, eight feet deep. So that tells me that they're getting ready to leave that point and go back into the pockets. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That'd be fun. That's always good when they do that. Uh, it's kind of fun to catch them on yeah. them points too when they when they stacked up out there. What lure are you fishing with? What seems to be working? For the next two weeks, I'll be throwing uh, a Carolina rig lizard a lot on on these staging fish because uh, it's gonna get cold mm-hmm. weekend, and that's gonna that's gonna turn around, back some of them right back off, and bring them back to those points. And so, Carolina rig lizard. Uh, a jig, a shaky head. Now, I mean, I got on place of the week, and they wouldn't touch nothing but a shaky head. Uh, you could throw a jig, and they would hit it, and they'd hit it, and they'd hit it, but they wouldn't eat it. And you finally pick, throw the shaky head out there, and they'd swallow it all the way down. I mean, and they were in there so thick. I mean, the shaky head wouldn't even get to the bottom. You know, you just go on its way down, one would grab it, and he'd grab, he'd have it so deep already. You know, and you know when he hit it, and you set the hook, and you get him up there, and he's got it swallowed. You know, Dang. Uh, yeah, we was catching some nice three, three and a half, and a few four pound spotted bass. That's the females. When whenever you catch them like that this time of year, that's your females. And, and the, um, the males will loop, move up after. Well, the males could have already been back there in the pockets, you know, roaming around. They're not, yeah. they're not really locked down. They'll, they'll roam through a pocket and then come back out. Mm, gotcha. You know, fish can swim, swim, but we, you know, we always believe fish had to have something to migrate a road bed or something to follow. And that's not really true. Fish can just take off across the lake, sure. the mil- you know, across the middle of the lake and go to where his instincts are telling him to go to. We learned that with, the um, Bassmasters with them putting a GPS, catching a fish, taking him to a different location, putting a GPS on the, on him, and then turn him loose, and then they tracked where he went. You know, they'd done that before several years ago, before uh, an elite series, and they'd done it at every tournament stop, and every fish done about the same thing. Uh, when they caught the fish and they took him somewhere else and turned him loose, first thing he done was go out into open water and suspend. For the rest of that day and then the next day he'd come into the bank and he would kind of roam up and down and he'd find a brush pile rock pile and then he would kind of lock down on that and then the next day he would kind of start the migration back to where he was caught at and some of them would just like be going straight across open water you know man that's amazing so, that's amazing yeah it's, yeah um, that instinct is a strong thing man yeah yeah, and that's the same way with those stripers. You know, that's that's all instinct. Them going that's up all that instinct. Because I mean, well, they were raised in that hatchery. You know, so they don't. That's have, right. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. They just know that they're supposed to do it, and they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, man, look, I'm I'm excited about you know the you know with them stocking bass the last several years. I mean, it sounds like the bass fishing is is great at West Point right now, and uh, with the programs that that you guys are are doing there, it's just going to continue to get better. I hope so. I think they're going to try and continue the stocking. We, you know, they put in for a five year plan, and it's this last year was the fifth year, but uh, the guy with the city council was and um all of them since they're going to build that big convention center out there they want to try and keep it going so he was going to talk to them about keep 
keeping the stocking going. Heck yeah, man. Um, Keep it rolling. Keep putting them bass in there. That's right. That's your money fish right there. That's exactly right. Well, Ken, if somebody was going to come fish uh, West Point this weekend, next few days, I know it's going to be cold. I know we've got some changes coming, but what would your advice, what would your tip of the day be? I would fish the points with the Carolina rig, uh, a jig, a shaky head, because uh, that cold weather is going to it's going back and forth. Now, they, they some this stubborn thing, and they're not going to leave that shallow water, the pockets. I mean, if there's, when the nastier the weather, the better they'll bite. And, uh, you know, the Fritz flat side crankbait, number five, is, is a good choice. Uh, Alabama rig, a red, red-eyed shad made by Strike King, good choice, when, you know, for the shallow water. If you're going to stay back and fish the points, you know, I'd fish the, the net bait. Uh, pack a bug jig with a, with a pack of chunk on there and a, a zoom lizard on your Carolina rig and you shouldn't have any trouble catching fish you know that's good man that's awesome great time of the year we always look forward to to this weather warming up and water warming up and, and uh, it turns the fish on so guys if y'all want to um want to come down to west point i mean i can't think anybody would be better to call than ken he knows he knows that lake is as well as anybody and knows where the fish are and what they're doing i think y'all can tell on this podcast just by listening to him that the guy knows uh, knows what he's doing down there and and can educate you and 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 put you on some fish so ken if if somebody wants to come book a trip with your brother what's the best way for me to get in touch with you they can go kenbeardandfishing.com and um do an email uh you can go on facebook kenbeardandfishing uh and shoot me through messenger now if they're a veteran they want to go there's no cost for taking veterans and that's uh vfo as in veterans fishing organization vfohome.org and they can sign up on there for a free fishing trip good stuff man well ken we appreciate you man thank you for joining us today and keep catching them buddy yes sir yes sir tight line that's right all right we'll look forward to talking to you again soon my friend have y'all have a good one thank you all right take care All right, guys, let's take just a couple more minutes and here's from a couple other of this week's sponsors. The hunting exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the hunting exchange steps in. Hunting exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And brought to you by... Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. 
These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by... North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, another good segment, another good report. Uh, sounded like out of West Point on the Chattahoochee. Sounds like they're catching a lot of good fish down there right now and things are turned on. And hey, before we get to this next segment, I just want to remind you guys and, and let you know, all you guys that are listeners obviously love the great outdoors, right? Well, uh, I am part and actually started a social media platform for the outdoors, specific for the outdoors, whether you hunt, whether you fish, whether you play, whether you camp, hike, whatever you do outdoors. And the, uh, the name of it is You Do Social, and it's for whatever you do outdoors. And that's why you do you. It is a, uh, man, hey, it's, it's the same price as a cup of coffee a month, $1.99 a month, but that's the only way we cannot have advertisers and be controlled by that we don't want to sell y'all's data we don't want to share your data and your information we keep it all on private servers where you're not getting pushed a bunch of stuff you don't want to see you don't have some kind of agenda forced on you so if you get a chance i would greatly appreciate it if you would go download the you do social app wherever you download your apps google play app store whatever it may be but hey let's go to our third segment and and uh wrap this thing up y'all don't want to hear about me and what i got going on y'all listen because you want to hear about fishing and i can't think of anybody that i'd rather talk to about fishing than joey nania joey what is going on my friend oh man i am doing wonderful and enjoying the spring weather we have today because it looks like we got a little cold front coming in following uh which you know that's just part of the deal but everything is going great i'm i can't couldn't be happier Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, hey, man, you got to fish in a pretty big tournament here last week, right? I did. Yeah, man, that was it was amazing. I got actually got to compete in my first Bassmaster Classic um, on Lake Hartwell in Greenville, South Carolina, and it's just you know it's something that I've I had sat in that stand in those stands so many times watching Classic Champions get crowned and watching people weigh in on that stage and the emotions you feel and the excitement you feel is incredible because it's hard to get there and when you do. You know, I've always kind of dreamt about that moment in a way and known that I would get there someday. I just didn't know how or when. And I've always been content with God's timing over my own. And so Amen. to finally qualify last year by winning the Open at Pickwick and to get to qualify for it and get to go fish it on a lake that I enjoy over at Lake Hartwell, it was just, it was incredible. So it was, it was a busy week, but it was really, really amazing to get to go enjoy the fishing, enjoy all the atmosphere in the events, and then get to weigh in on that stage and glorify God on the biggest stage in bass fishing was pretty mind-blowing. That is cool, man. That is so cool yeah. that you got to experience that. And 
I mean, you fished a ton of tournaments in your life, obviously, and 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 to to get to that stage, and like you said, that's one of those dream come true type moments, pinch yourself type moments. How different was the atmosphere of the classic compared to, to other tournaments you fished in the past? Yeah, you know, I've done probably. 40 something Bassmaster opens. Um, and those are big tournaments, but you know, it's just, there's so much that goes on and goes into it. And so it's one of the most exhausting tournaments or the most exhausting tournament I've ever fished, but I, you know, I ended up getting good sleep and I never felt stressed about it really. I just, I knew the fishing part was the easy part in some ways, you know, and the, all the other stuff was fun too and enjoyable, but you get three days of pre-practice and then you move. And so we stayed at the cabin on Lake Hartwell, me and my wife, Jessica, and my boys, Zeke and Eli. And then we moved to the host hotel and then you have to keep your boat at a boat yard. Um, and so the boat stays at the boat yard about 10 minutes from the hotel. And then you have different events you have to go to and walkthroughs and all that. And then you get a practice day Wednesday and then media days all day Thursday. And then it's like, oh my gosh, after all this, I get to go fish in a tournament. And then the tournament starts Friday and you've got, uh-huh. you know, 45 minute drive to an hour drive each morning back and forth from the ramp to the boatyard and then from the boatyard you get hooked up to a different truck and drove to the weigh-in and then you I mean the whole process is a lot and you finally get home and you're trying to find something to eat in Greenville with you know an extra 30,000 people there whatever it was right and it's like man this is (laughs) it's a lot so it was incredible though I was able to just handle it and stay calm and fish and enjoy myself and the fish were moving up and I did catch a lot of spotted bass out deep uh, in the morning and I'd catch a nice bag of spots and then I would go shallow and uh, skip a worm under shallow docks, the shallowest docks I could find in pockets and in creeks. And they were the ones that were on the flat points or the flattest banks in the pockets. And those fish were up there getting warm and they were biting a wacky rig. So that was fun to catch some bigger largemouth doing that. But overall, it was just a total blessing and amazing experience for me and my family. Man. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say too, man. What a, what a great experience, not just for you, but for your wife, for your kids to be able to go and, and take part in that, man, that, that's a special weekend for sure. I know. And, and Hey yeah, man, had- I mean, you had a great finish too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I ended up 13th and uh, the cool thing was I was catching them early and often. And so I would get on them pretty quick and I'd catch the 10 to 14 pounds is what I ended up with each day in the morning. You know, I ended up calling up to my average was 15 pounds a day. I had 15 pounds, six or 45 pounds, six ounces for the three day total. So and with the winning weight was like 54 pounds, which was way up there. You know, I needed another three pounds a day, pretty much. You needed 18 a day instead of 15 a day. So, you know, I wasn't quite on that winning stringer of fish, but I was on a really consistent pattern and it just made it fun to go out and enjoy it and finish 13th place out of 55 of the best guys in the world and get right. a good check and, and glorify God and have be with my family and enjoy it and then come on home to Alabama. So. Dude, that's so cool, man. I'm so proud yeah, of you, Joey. Really that's, cool. nice. that's a great deal, man. Thank you. It was, it was amazing. I hope I can make it. It makes you want to get back someday. Once again. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, you have those uh, moments where in life where it's like you, you got that dream and you're like, man, if I can just get there and do that, man, I would be, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd be content. And, but then you get there and you're like, oh yeah, man, this is, this is everything I thought it was. I wanted to, and it makes you almost driven more to, to yeah. do it again. Right. It does. Yeah. And I just, I want to just continue to keep getting better at fishing and keep learning and growing. And I, I really focusing on fishing and winning tournaments is not my outlook. It's more of focusing on my faith and my family and then enjoying my time fishing tournaments and just making the most out of each opportunity that comes from those tournaments and using those platforms for the right things. And I feel like if I can continue doing that, then 
you know, I'll be content with whatever and whatever comes my way. If I'm meant to fish another classic, I will. And if I'm meant to fish the elite series, I will. And if not, I'll keep guiding and fishing the opens and I have great sponsors and support. And so it's just, it's all, it's all really amazing. And life, there'll be hard times in life, but my faith is what keeps me grounded. And I've got a great home church here in Pell City, Alabama, Seddon Baptist Church, and I've got a great family and it's just, it's a lot of support around me, you know, well, I would be a mess by myself. That's so. awesome, man. No kidding. Wouldn't we all? And and, and that's the, yes. that's the important yeah. thing, man. I, I love your heart and I love your faith and that you're not afraid to, to share it and give the glory to God where, where it's, where it's due. And it's always due. Oh yeah. Uh, Amen. so <laughs> yeah. So man, I, I, I love being able to talk about those things. I mean, on the podcast, I mean, this is a fishing podcast, but we're all men and women that, that love the outdoors. We all you know, have a higher purpose and, and to be able to talk about that a little bit while we're talking about fishing, yeah. it's just, I mean, Hey, it's a blessing, right? Absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, again, congratulations on that. And you know, yeah, all you. of our listeners, I'm sure will will be just as uh, proud as, as, as I am. And, you know, as part of the Alabama freshwater fishing report, and you've been such a part of that and we appreciate that, but you come home. I know you've, you fished, uh, you've been on Logan, your home lake and, and lay just a mm-hmm. little bit. You probably hadn't had a whole lot of time to breathe, uh, since getting <laughs> back, but, but what are the, uh, what are the fish doing on, on the Kosa? Yeah. So I did get to go to Logan for a few hours yesterday and, uh, we, I took my son Zeke and Eli out and we went out and in the afternoon yesterday and the water is, you know, in the 55 degree range, um, that's on, and that's on my Garmin. And for anybody that's listening that has Garmin's, Garmin's run about three degrees colder than a Lawrence would, three or four degrees, um, than Lawrence's read and hummingbirds kind of right in between. So if my Garmin says 55, a Lawrence will say 60 and a hummingbird will be in that 56 to 58 range. Um, that's something to kind of always remember. So you, I always kind of go, I just add a couple degrees to my Garmin. That's probably, we kind of go off the hummingbird cause it's in between. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Know, I, I really don't know which one's more accurate, but those <laughs> couple degrees, as long as you can see the change in the water temperature, like say I'm in one pocket and the water's 58 and I go to another one and it's 60, you know, or the one side of the pocket, I've even seen where the sunny side of the pocket is a lot warmer than the shady side. Um, you know, the one that gets the afternoon heat. So that'd be the the northeast side that's kind of facing southwest where the sun's setting is going to be the one that gets the most sun and warms up the quickest. So the water temps in the mid fifties, um, for the most part, the river temperature is in the mid fifties. And then the creeks in the afternoon, it seems like they're warming up to 60 degrees on Logan and Lake. So there we're right there where, you know, this next full moon, as long as this little cold front we're about to get, doesn't knock it in the head too much, which I don't think a night or two of it will. Um, and it recovers and gets back in the 60s. And the, the full moon um, in the next couple of weeks should put the fish really close to spawning. And if it doesn't, we'll probably have a little new moon wave uh, the first week of April and then a big giant wave of spawners in, in the middle of April, which is a little later than typical, than the last couple of years anyways. But we're close to the spawn. So the fish are staging up and they're getting ready to spawn. And and that's different for spots in largemouth is, you know, what you, what everyone needs to remember is they're just, they do things different. A lot of spotted bass spawn on the main lake. They spawn on main lake rock banks and main lake bluffs and anywhere they can pull up and spawn, they're going to spawn. Even stump rows in the current, they'll spawn on those. And they normally spawn later because the river is the last thing to warm up. It's also the last thing to cool off. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of the most stable water, but it takes a while for that river water to get warm coming down from up north. And the pockets and those fish that live in the creeks, which there's a whole other group of spotted bass that does spawn in creeks, but they spawn on roadbeds and gravel points and gravel flats and house foundations and shallow humps. And that group will spawn before the river fish spawn. Um, or the main lake and river fish spawn. So I think we'll see those ones probably go here sooner. And then normally later into April and even sometimes into early May, or there's still some main lake fish spawning. Um, and then you got your largemouth that are going to pull up in the pockets. And so the fish right now are really staging. You can catch them on like a jerk bait is what we what I did catch some on and uh, fishing shallow gravel humps and windblown places where the bait's pushed up on the edge of a place where they're about to spawn. They'll just feed right there on the edge until it's ready to pop up on top of the road better on the point on, you know, a rock up there and spawn. And uh, so that's kind of the deal at Logan. And then also there's a lot of current running since we've had some pretty good rains. And so you can go out on main river uh, current places and catch them on a topwater. We caught them on a six cents dogma, the big one. Uh, I think it's a 110. Nice. So that the topwater bite is getting going. So walking the dog. I got oh, an awesome fun. video yesterday. Yeah, it's so fun. My son Eli yesterday evening at Logan was catching him on a topwater and he was working it kind of erratic because he's little and he can't really walk the dog that good. Yeah. And so he would like kind of wind it and the bait would come scooting through the water and he would twitch it and it would jump around and then it would stop and one would just kill it. And he was getting hammered and we were screaming and giggling because they were, they were hitting it so hard it would scare him. That's awesome. So was, now. And yeah, so when you're amazing. doing that, like this time of year when you're doing that, are you like, what kind of, I'm trying this to envision just, the kind of area you're yeah. fishing. This is just a main lake point and it's got, it's got rock on it and it's super shallow. The fish were up there in one to three feet of water and it was in the afternoon. So it was kind of the warmest time of the day. And those fish were just pulled up there where the current was rolling over that point And they're just sitting there up on top of the point eating. And, uh, yeah, it was just a point on the bottom half of Logan, kind of the you know middle to bottom half of Logan Martin, just a rain, just a regular old rock point in the mouth of a creek that goes in, and they were just up there on it. But it's flat stuff, you know. It's not like a steep boulder point. It's a flat right. point with that right kind of bottom, and they're up there where they can be warm and where there's some bigger shad up there. You'll see a lot of herons and egrets on the banks right now at Logan and it lay and so that's that's what where the fish were stacked up, and we caught probably ten fish on that one point, probably. Eight of them were on a topwater and two of them on a Ned rig. And I did catch a chatterbait fish throwing the little new uh, chatter Z-Man Mini Max chatterbait. It's like a small compact, but it's still a half ounce. You can get a half ounce or a three eighths, but little compact chatterbait and that topwater bait and a Ned rig. And those are three baits that, you know, they're hard. You're hard to go wrong with those three. Yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're all three really fun baits to fish. They are. Yep. You got it covered right there between the Ned and the topwater and the chatterbait. You can, if you can't catch fish on those or, you know, maybe throw a finesse jig in there for me, but you can't get one on those, on those four baits, you know, it's just, you're just in the wrong area. Cause they will eat that if you get it around them and then they're in the right, in the right mood. So that was kind of the Logan deal is fishing that topwater and the current running. And I don't know how much we're going to get a little rain in the next few weeks. It looks like so should keep the water moving and fishing is pretty good it's you know it's kind of crazy right now the fishing on logan martin is not as good as it once was two or three years ago it was just ridiculous how many fish there were and Uh you know you caught a ton of those two to like you know two plus pounders and just a bunch of fish like i had so many hundred fish days and it seems like to me those hundred fish days are kind of gone and i I don't know what yeah it's it's weird the fishing's just tougher and i i places where i used to pull up and catch 30 or 40 when they were running three turbines i pull up now and i catch two to five that's a big difference 
It is, yeah, and it makes it so it's not, it's not as exciting as it once was. Where you, and there will be weeks out of the year and times when they're just they all show up, and then you'll still catch them really good. But in general, there's not as many bass as there once were, and I think overfishing in tournaments is part of that. Um, I think having live scope and them getting hit in the face year round, whether they're suspended in 40 feet of water or swimming down the bank or whatever in a brush pile, you can just see them. And so they get hit in places they didn't used to get hit. They're getting baits in their face year round. Where when they used to show up on a current point, they had been floating around out there and swimming and eating shad and they were ready to eat when they got there because they hadn't been messed with. Yeah, that's a so, great point. You know, since live scope is introduced and what a great tool it is, we all know that. Mm-hmm. But fish can't hide anymore. They used to, like you said, go out to that 40-foot water, the deeper water, and they may not see a lure the whole time they're out there. But yeah, they now, used to suspend and just swim around, and now right. they, they get nailed. They're, they're the most vulnerable when they're suspended and swimming around and out, you know, out over 40 and 15. They're just swimming, and they're just sitting ducks, you know? That's you right. Swimming around, and you catch them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> Pretty no. crazy. It's hard no, when no. they're on the bank now. You got to make like accurate cat. You know, you got to you got to fish when they're on the bank. So that's it's kind of weird, and that's just part of the deal. And a lot of guys at the classic we're talking about that live scope has made it easier to see fish and catch fish. But it's also the fishing. You don't catch as many as you once did just because the fishing has taken a hit overall and across the country. Yeah. So it's kind of a vicious cycle, and it's still fun out there. But I wish we could take a year and like for the whole month of april have no tournaments for one month just one month of the year let's just not have a tournament no weigh-ins for a month on the coosa river and i feel like the amount of fish that would just get caught and let go immediately and get to spawn normally would make a huge impact if you did that for a year or two you'd see the populations come back yeah and we have so many striper and and uh white bass in the coosa river now they keep stocking them year after year they stock these things and they're fun to catch for a while but they're over they're you know, they're not going to reproduce and overtake the population, but there's hundreds of thousands of them out there and they get on the same place as basket and they outcompete bass for food. And it's not that there's not enough food out there, but they displace them and they use their, they overtake their places that the bass used to feast on. There's yeah, a lot it's of reasons. A lot of pressure, a lot of reasons. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but, I, I, but overall, I, it's still all right. You know, I remember talking even in, uh, you know, in the, in the summer pattern when up in, you know, talking to some of these guys up at Gunnersville that they're like, man, you know, we used to come out to these points and find these fish schooled up and, you know, catch fish after fish after fish. And, and, and those days are over. You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why? And there's like, cause if they're there, everybody with the electronics we have and live scope, everybody finds yeah. them. There's no secrets yep. anymore. It's true. It's interesting. They also run the current different because the Corps of Engineers runs it now instead of Alabama Power, and they run the water different than Alabama Power did. So we have less consistent flow across the entire Coosa River where they, they'll run it really hard before rain and once it rains, but they also run it super hard, and then they cut it right back down to very little. Where they yeah. used to just consistently run two turbines for two weeks, which gets fish positioned better and gives them more chance to eat. Now they run three for two days and then hardly any for a week or two, you know? Yeah. So I've seen that change too. And that's just the Corps of Engineers runs it now. And they're doing a good job of not flooding people's houses out, which is good. Yeah. But the fishing's changed. It just changed. Things are changing and it is what it is. You just got to keep adapting and keep catching them as good as you can and not expect it to be as good as it once was, you know? That's right. Well, let's touch on Lay really quick. Yeah. So Lay Lake today, uh, we caught fish in the current on a chatterbait, fishing like current breaks in the mouths of little creeks up around beeswax and grass lines and things like that. 
And current related fish are always my favorite to target just because I can see the eddy, um, anything that sticks out perpendicular into the current and then the current hits into it and rolls over that high spot is going to make a natural ambush place and a place for those fish to sit. And so we caught some fish doing that, fishing with a chatterbait and a finesse jig and a Ned rig. And then uh, we didn't get any spook bites today, which I probably just didn't throw it in the right place. And I didn't try it a ton because I know they would have hit it if you ran into a group of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the water's the same temperature as Logan, but you got the grass factor at, at lay. And I did catch some swimming a, a new Z-Man turbo fatties. It's like a it's like a swimming like a swimming worm, kind of like a zoom speed worm. And I was fishing that turbo fatties actually back in Cedar Creek and swimming it through the the uh, grass, through the dollar grass and the underwater cabbage. There's like some underwater grass back there. Mm-hmm. And I was fishing it through that stuff and slow rolling it. And I caught a three and a half pounder and another nice keeper. And so got some bites doing that too. But it was, you know, the fishing is, seems to be pretty good at lay too. And there's some big ones biting, but you just, you got to temper the expectations of it's not a normal March when the water's 55 to 60 degrees. And you used to be able to go out and catch 20 pounds, you know? right it's just it doesn't happen as often anymore do you catch larger fish on lay yeah it's not you know it seems like the average size is a little bit better but today honestly it wasn't any better than logan as far as the average size spots and lay is always going to have more largemouth so Mm -hmm. the grass fishing is going to dominate and swimming a jig works really good in the grass swimming that worm around um, those are good grass techniques and even throwing a chatterbait in the grass and on the edges of it because the grass is really dead looking at lay lake right now it's kind of in that time of the year where it's been cold all winter and so the grass stays green in throughout the winter time and then it starts dying this time of year and then in the next month or so you'll see those new sprouts that start coming up the green sprouts will come up in it so you got your water willow viney grass and that stuff's very dead but there's they still swim around in it and then you got your dollar grass which stays green all winter long and it's really healthy looking like beautiful little tiny dollar leaves and they make mats and uh, those are always good to, good to fish too so oh yeah the grass looks yeah everything looks good at lay and the water was dirty though and i noticed that uh, beeswax was filthy dirty and the river was really dirty because all the current and that last flush of rain but that yep. can change in just a few days it can clean up and the creeks will clean up before the river typically they muddy up first and they clean up first and then you got your your river that'll take a little bit longer to be affected uh, but it'll start cleaning up in the next week or so i would think good stuff man good stuff yeah. well, somebody's going to come so much and... to talk about yeah so <laughs> much right i mean i love so it. much i love it it's, <laughs> it's an exciting time of the year there's a lot to talk about and uh and you got yeah. a lot going a lot of good things going on but if you're going to give a tip to somebody coming out to fish the coast so whether it be logan or whether it be lay uh either one this weekend uh next co- you know next week uh, what would your tip be? So the thing right now to be successful on a, any given day is to just don't be too stuck doing one pattern. It seems like normally I used to be able to get on one pattern and just run that pattern and go with it and duplicate it all over the, you know, that section of the lake. And right now it seems like you just have to be versatile. You might catch a couple on a current break with a chatterbait, and then you might go see some pretty grass in the pocket and go catch one swimming a jig in there. But don't expect that you're going to go to the next three pockets and duplicate it and do the same thing. So just fishing multiple patterns from current fishing to grass fishing to shallow gravel and roadbed fishing for the pre-spawn fish that are in the creeks. Um, Just keeping it versatile is going to lead to more success and jumping around from here to there. And if you do all that and you do it right, you can catch some solid fish and have a fun day. That's awesome, man. Great tip. Well, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, Joe, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, they can contact me on my website, which is joeyfishing.com. And then uh, if anybody has any questions, my social media, I'm always on there. On uh, It's Joey Fishing on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. 
and then I'm, I'm hoping to get some more YouTube videos coming out here in the near future. Um, I've got a, a young friend that's in college, but Ross should be finishing up soon. So we'll get the YouTube videos rolling. But yeah, you guys can stay in touch. And uh, I'd love being on. So I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you. And guys, y'all, obviously, uh, it doesn't take you long to listen to Joey on here to know that he knows this stuff as much as anybody. And, and that's why he ended up fishing the Classic this year. It wasn't no accident, that's for sure. The guy works at it and he knows what he's doing. Hey, the only request I got, I know you got a long list of people, but dude, I live like 20 minutes from Logan Martin. One day when you ain't got nobody to go fishing with, which is not ever going to happen. Cause I know you got a long list of people that want to go <laughs> fishing. I got to come get in the boat with you. We'll make the time. I mean, we might just have to do the podcast from the, from the boat. It, it, we, we, we got to yeah. figure it out. That'll work. We'll, we'll just meet up one afternoon and we'll, we'll do the podcast from the boat and it'll all be good. We'll catch some fish. I'm going to hold you to that. I want to go. All right. All right, Joey. Take care, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Have a blessed night. You too. Take care. All right, guys. Let's take just a couple more minutes and here's from a couple other of this week's sponsors. L&M Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoon boats to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Bob Seeley from Seeley Outdoors wants you to mark your calendar for March 25th, 26th, and 27th for the annual McDonald's Big Bass Splash at Goose Pond Colony on Lake Gunnersville. There will be over $290,000 in cash and prizes guaranteed with hourly payouts and much more. Go to Seeley outdoors.com and get registered online or call 1-888-698-2591 for more information again march 25th 26th 27th for the annual mcdonald's big bass splash at goose pond colony in scottsboro alabama on beautiful lake gunnerville and that's sealyoutdoors.com s-e-a-l-y outdoors see you there all right, guys, what a great show today, man. It sounds like the fishing. I mean, we know what's fixing to happen. I mean, it's fixing to get right. A little like Joey said, it got a cold front coming through, but it's going to be through and it's going to be gone and the water's going to warm right back up. Probably won't even drop that much in temperature, but it's that time of the year. It's, it's, it's a fun time and an exciting time and you top water, shallow staging fish. There's a lot of options out there right now, and that's what makes this time of year so attracted to, to all us fishermen so get out there enjoy these lakes that we have in alabama and all these natural resources man enjoy the weekend and i hope you catch a bunch of fish i hope this podcast is helping you 
Uh, I know it's helped me just being able to host it and talk to these, all these guys that are freaking way smarter than I am, but that guys is going to be a wrap for this week's show. So if you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute, subscribe, rate, leave us a review wherever you listen. And as always, if you would like us to email you the podcast, that's what we would really love to do. And all you have to do is text the word fishing to three, one, four, six, six, five, one, seven, six, seven. And every week we'll email you the show when we release it. Thanks guys. Be safe out there. Catch a bunch of fish this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and give Norman a call. And brought to you by North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com.